0: Welcome back to Atypical, an offbeat take on news in the addiction recovery field. I'm co-host Mary Crocker Cook from the San Jose City College Alcohol and Drug Studies Program.
1: And I'm Gary Montreza, Executive Director of Pathway Society in San Jose.
0: Our purpose is to both educate and entertain with recent news stories about the addiction field. We've set our podcast up in sections that include drugs, news, and ethics challenge and prevention. In fact, let me start us off with our first section. Why would you use that to get high? Okay? Today's topic, Carrie? So curious. Is nutmeg. It's not just for cooking That's anymore. That's right. The that nutmeg right? you find in your spice rack okay. is also classified as a hallucinogen in the US. But mainly used as a spice. Really? Did you know that? As a classification. Yeah. <laughs> However, in other cultures, nutmeg is used for everything from Arab doctors using it for digestive disorders, kidney disease, and lymphatic ailments to Yemeni men using it to increase and maintain their sexual vigor. Okay, what's this called again? Nutmeg. Okay. (laughs) Make sure you get it. You need a big bottle there. Okay. Check it in. Effects can take two to seven hours to come on, depending on how recently the last meal was eaten, and the primary effects of a full dose of nutmeg can last up to 24 hours. More (laughs) minor secondary effects can continue up to 72 hours. Most users report they feel strong effects for 10 to 15 hours regularly. So, how do you take it?
1: Well, yeah, and what are the strong effects?
0: Well, apparently everything from uh, digestive disorders to sexual vigor. Okay. There you go. 72 hours? uh Uh-huh. But 10 to 15, count on. Got it, got it. Okay. All right, so how do you take it? Well, you can spoon it into your mouth, or you can mix it with a drink and swallow it, but the primary way to get it in your body is orally. Many users report they're in a dreamlike state while high. They'll have hallucinations. They see, hear, and feel and make it seem as if they're in a dream. Nutmeg, when taken in enough quantity, is like any other hallucinogenic drug, Gary. There you go.
1: This is a family
0: program. This is a family program. But for all of you people who are foodies and like to cook, there's a little something to look forward to. There's a little spice (laughs) in your life. Who knew? Who knew?
1: Additional benefits.
0: That's right. Of home cooking.
1: Where do you get nutmeg anyway?
0: I know. Well, I'd go to the Safeway, but I'm not sure what... Where you go to get the kind of quantity we're talking about. We yeah, have to experiment. With. I guess you have to yeah. experiment. Okay. Yikes.
1: So here we are. Okay. So let us let me try to get my mind off of what the effects of nutmeg might be and my own experimentation later on um, and move to our <laughs> <laughs> news and addiction with a couple articles that focus on opioids. So first up, we're looking at opioid laws that hit physicians, patients in unintended ways. And who knew that a law could hit? But okay. they can So here's the idea. This is out of Michigan. It was in July uh, of this year. And the idea is that really the article should be what happens when lawmakers want to do health care. Oh, no. That's really what it should be called. Okay,
0: that's painful.
1: So we have some well-intended people, but we know the sayings about good intentions. Indeed, That they're neither good nor are they really that intentional. So here we have a situation where Michigan is trying to limit the amount of opioids that are prescribed to people in a way that is causing a lot of harm for doctors and for patients. Let me give you an example of uh, some of the extreme things that I believe are going on. One physician, because they're so afraid of some of the prescribing laws at this point, gave up his DEA license to prescribe wow. opioids Yeah, because he didn't want to risk breaking a law. That's probably kind of extreme. Wow,
0: that that is pretty extreme. That's
1: one the extreme <laughs> wow. cases. But doctors and some health insurers are using using these laws to inappropriately exclude people or delay prescriptions, uh, and sometimes even for patients with cancer. Oh no! Or or terminal illness.
0: Okay, so so it's almost like they're overreacting. They're overreacting.
1: Okay, all right. Really quite heavily. So here's an example. One of the big concerns is that the law is making it more difficult to get prescriptions. Mm -hmm. And that could be pushing addicts and some patients into buying heroin or other drugs on the street. Oh, no. So here, they're not getting what (laughs) they (laughs) need. So I'm going to get it regardless because if we're in this business, we know people are going to try to alleviate pain, pain one way or another. Okay. So that's one of the unintended and unintended consequences. That's
0: the argument against prohibition.
1: No kidding, you know, so here's something else I thought was really interesting. Uh, They talk about the message that has really been letting providers know that we're all in this together. We have a mutual mission. Wait for this next part. Including our law enforcement partners to protect health and welfare of citizens. So there's uh, apparently some other um, motives here. For example, if you're an insurance company, this would be a great way if you can only prescribe so much at one time to get people in multiple times because it's more expensive to give you two doses of 10 pills versus one prescription of 20. So the insurers are gaming the system. As oh. Pharmacies are gaming it as well.
0: Okay. So yeah. wait, let me understand. Yeah. So the pharmacy makes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they actually make more money mm-hmm. if you have to come back multiple times. Correct. Got it.
1: Now, here, here's the really the sad part. And let's think about our country for a minute. We're talking about um, unintended consequences. Um, We're talking about the increase of black market prescription drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Because prescription drugs for chronic diseases, such as diabetes, they cost so much. um, Law abiding citizens might sell their opioid prescriptions to buy insulin or even food, doctors and state officials tell one of the docs. Oh, my goodness. What a country. Oh, my goodness. You have to sell your medications to get food. Wow. If you don't know where I'm going, I'm going toward <laughs> the notion of Medicare for all.
0: <laughs> you just go there. You
1: don't have to sell you go there. other drugs to buy food. You just get to be covered because you're a human being in one of the richest countries on the planet. Yeah. Am I okay to say that?
0: I really think you're really – well, of course, obviously I have a bias, but I'm sort of biased in terms of, you know – Human yeah. dignity. I'm yeah. funny that way. Yeah. We, um,
1: <laughs> we support human dignity, dignity on this program.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I really believe in, 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 uh, medication as a right food is a right shelters yeah. are right. Yeah. So yeah.
1: let's, let's see, Here, here's another thought that we, I thought, you know, it's kind of interesting is deaths have not gone down because of the issue of illicit drugs. Really? Wow. Now that's interesting. Um, as prescribing has gone down, people still deal with pain.
0: Oh, that's yeah, true. We know every day. We know. Yeah. We can
1: eliminate and try to get rid of the drugs, but you're still left with trying to somehow live.
0: The symptoms are so still there. The symptoms
1: are there. The yeah. traumas are still there. The, the hopelessness that some people feel, those are still there. Those are part of our culture.
0: Yeah, they know? are.
1: Those are things we need to deal with. But it gets better. And some of you know, maybe you know, I used to be involved in hospice. And there's something—a fancy word—called palliative care. Oh yeah. And palliative care is a way to manage pain and symptoms for someone nearing the end of life. Right. You know. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: My dad had that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a really wonderful thing mm-hmm. to manage pain at the end of life. Mm-hmm. You know, except unless you're a legislator oh, no. or in law enforcement, you're a little afraid that maybe that person might become addicted, or they might since they may die probably will die Probably they might be abusing those drugs
0: Oh my god so they're worried about people on palliative care abusing their payments Yes oh my God indeed okay.
1: indeed so oh. <laughs> what are the thoughts problems with the limits where was where, where, where this part here there used to be ex- exemptions for um, folks in hospice or palliative care there no longer is in this particular state. So this one doc said very clearly it this was a solution looking for a problem. Oh. So in other words, there's like no problem. It's a
0: hammer. It's a hammer.
1: Um the idea of of folks in palliative care and hospice not getting opioids is just ridiculous. So the article goes goes on to talk about people suffering in pain over weekends because because of these administrative burdens mm-hmm. that were going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know it's just something that's one one's listed for what seven days, seven days supply. but now a pharmacist will only give you five days. so you have to go back. Wow. yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not mm, working. It's not yeah. working very well. Um, and then the idea of doctors here, doctors fear giving opioids to patients for more than three days because of the laws in place.
0: Well, isn't there maybe it's Wisconsin, but there are some legislators uh, trying to pass laws um, where uh, physicians are held accountable mm-hmm. uh, legally for writing opiates and uh, particularly fentanyl and uh, their patients dying. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, I think that's another piece of it, which is you know I'm very afraid of losing my practice. <clears throat> yes. Right. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm going to be really stingy. I know, I know um, it, uh, Kaiser, there's like a five page form you have to fill out, uh, to get opiates now. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fear about, I think from the medical field, it's almost like an over, like they always swing, right? So before, you know, we gave it out like candy because we all believed it wasn't addictive. And then now we know it's addictive. So it's, you know, snapped in the other end. And we we were actually told
1: by pharmaceutical companies a couple of these drugs were considered to be not addictive. That's right. That's a. And this was put out by the government. Yeah. Of course. Now there was more to the story. They lied. Yeah. And the whole story didn't come out. Yeah. So now witnessing, of course, is a lot of lawsuits. Against um, certain pharmaceutical companies that shall remain nameless. Yeah. Because we don't have insurance for mentioning their name. No. (laughs) We don't want to get sued. Uh, Nonetheless, um, when you have a doctor in fear of prescribing necessary medications, that becomes an issue. Um, One of the the points that I think need to be brought up that was in this article is the gray area that doctors feel exists between acute and chronic pain. Um,
0: Mm.
1: You know, that really limits the amount of uh, prescriptions people can get. So if this is not a case for why we need federal intervention and, and a more med- care for all type of yeah. approach,
0: yeah. I
1: don't know what is because if this is just done state by state,
0: yes, yeah. Well, it creates a little patchwork. But what I'm also thinking is, you know, when I've talked to pain specialists, part of the problem has always been that pain is—it's uh, very personal, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, give me number one to six or one to ten, and much of uh, things that cause pain are tissue level or muscle level, and so they don't—you can't actually prove you're in pain. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very uh, personal. Yes. So what what I may say is a 7 you may say is a 3 and so you know what doctors have told me is you know the error on the side of the you know the patient says I'm suffering mm-hmm. their job is to relieve suffering yes. they write the script so this is this is uh, going to be challenging for that be, mentality. It will be challenging yeah. and,
1: um, hopefully we'll have some apparatus in the future that helps us work with more preventive measures mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. pain and symptom management where we're not afraid of drugs, but we're also working in tandem with other strategies. Exactly. And that, I think that's what we consider to be a whole healthcare approach.
0: Right, right, the whole person, more holistic yeah. approach. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. There's, okay. there's more here. It's a very it lengthy um, article. Dense article. Yeah, kind of like me. Um, <laughs> it's um,
0: Lengthy and dense, is, is that what you're saying? Very, <laughs> very dense.
1: Um, is there? Am I missing anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah, this is. This is yeah,
0: it's nice. pretty big one. Um, and we do for those of you listening. We do um, add the links. So if you um, to the atypical.podbean.com site. So if you want to actually review the entire article yourself, you can. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, Gary, it's time for my favorite section: ethics challenge. <laughs> Addiction it. counselors acting badly. Okay. <laughs> If you're an addiction counselor, get out your CCAP ethics codes, follow along. Hold
1: on, let me um, grab
0: it. And we do, again, have a link to our atypicalpodbean.com link. Okay, I'm going to read the story. And, again, you have to identify the ethics code violated. <laughs> X drug rehab nurse who had sex with patients violates probation. Let's see, see it one more time. Okay. Just, All right. It, <laughs> let's it's just, too let's good. just take that in, okay? Ex drug. drug rehab nurse who had sex with patients violates her probation. All right. Candace A. Sealbinder, 36, of Whitney Avenue, Niagara Falls, is to be resentenced September 25th by the Niagara County Judge Matthew J. Murphy III. He, in February, he sentenced Seelbinder to 10 years probation for third degree rape. Originally, Another nurse at First Step Facility, Jessica Griffin, 39, of Tawanda, was allowed to plead guilty to misdemeanor and was placed on six years probation in December. Seal Binder was offered only a felony plea because there were two men allegedly involved, although defense attorney Brian J. Hutchinson said Tuesday that Sealbinder admits to sleeping with only one of them. Only one. Only one. Only so one. come on, give a girl a break. Only one. Okay, so a civil suit filed February 6th, Against the two nurses and North Point Council, the operator of the facility, contends there were actually three men who had sex with the nurses. The suit contends that between February of 18 and March 9th, Griffin and Sealbinder also used to let the patients use drugs, drink, leave the facility, use phones and computers in violation of the building rules. Sealbinder admitted she failed to obtain sex offender counseling she did use cocaine, she did disobey her curfew, Use social media, all violations of her probation rules, under state law, inpatient drug rehab clients are considered unable to consent to sex. Okay. Well, there we go. What do you see here? Yeah. What
1: do I don't see? (laughs) What do I not see? That's bad. That's... That's the batterest English I've ever heard. Uh, you know, I gosh, uh, dual relationships come to mind.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. For example, principle two: counselors shall maintain professionally appropriate boundaries, clients and families. They shall not engage in inappropriate social and sexual relationships. That was a pretty straightforward one but also unlawfully administering to herself a controlled substance. Yeah. Uh, She did that one. Uh, Let's see. Principle one is they are prohibited from engaging in the commission of any dishonest, corrupt, or fraudulent act.
1: There we go. Principle three.
0: Okay. What's principle three? Shall
1: comply with all federal and state laws and regulations pertaining to client confidentiality.
0: Confidentiality. Oh, yeah.
1: About 5,000.
0: Okay, but we don't know that those three guys all knew. She (laughs) may. She may i kept they, it on the download, This down low, is Gary. a
1: secret to everyone. That's right. Men talk. <laughs> they talk. Trust me. They knew.
0: I'm just saying. They knew.
1: They were bragging saying, Gare, They're bragging
0: no about it. I'm saying, Gary. There's just no evidence of that. We there's, don't know. Uh, we need I, I to just, give her a little break over there. I'm just
1: telling you Okay. they know.
0: All right. Well, I think that's a pretty straightforward one, Gary. But,
1: <laughs> you uh, know. Hopefully, she's out mowing lawn somewhere. She is hopefully she's no out near mowing
0: people. lawn and nowhere near actual patients.
1: You know, I'd like to say that was fun, but at some level, it's pretty
0: horrifying, horrifying, isn't
1: it? i I just not sure what to say about that. Pretty
0: horrifying. Okay. I'll
1: just tell you what I said (laughs) confidentiality. Those guys knew. The other people knew. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. I believe you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Take it from me. Okay. So, here we are. We're back to the idea of relapse prevention. What's new? Ways people are staying sober. New pills. Hopes to end meth addiction. Okay. This is from Channel Nine in Perth, Australia, which I lot like to watch all the time. Oh, uh, I do it's too. My Not
0: that I love more than a little Perth. You know,
1: news. Like, Perth News and it's just their accent. It is
0: it's nice. It's so isn't cool. It? It I, is I, I nice never cool. know
1: what the stories about. So it's such a friendly <laughs> accent. Oh, good day, good day, mate. Oh so I don't know what to say. So anyway, this is in Perth. Uh, these researchers are are trialing this pill. That would help folks addicted to methamphetamine. Okay. Which is kind of cool.
0: We have not had that before. We
1: have not had that, and I'm not sure we would have it here or not. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if there's. Do you know if there's reciprocity between countries?
0: I don't know what the FDA does with that. We
1: don't know either. Yeah. So the idea is that these researchers believe that this drug can help. Um, they call it NAC, and I'm going to butcher the name. Okay. Do you mind? N- oh, go ahead. Acetyl. A uh, Assistian.
0: Okay, Does that works. Work?
1: Does that work for mm-hmm. you? Pretty close. The idea is it, it's supposed to reduce cravings and mood swings, and gosh,
0: I need bring it. I need some of that. <laughs> what is that? We need to take up <laughs> that,
1: that could help. <laughs> this could help. Uh, and then they, they're hoping this could help with a range of illegal drugs, including cocaine and cannabis, except in California.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, so the lead researcher, um, the whole idea here is that, this doctor, um, not really doctor, professor Rebecca McKitten says it works by restoring the balance of chemicals in the brain, which I need as well. No, OK. So um, whatever that looks like, I want some. <laughs> the idea is when they first take meth, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of. Desired effects of intoxication, but if they continue, they become dependent. Did you know that? That people that take meth become dependent.
0: I've always just taken it
1: recreationally. And did you also know that changes in the brain occur?
0: Yes, they do.
1: We did not know this. So it makes it hard to stop ice or meth. It's kind of hard. Who knew? It's also
0: really bad for your teeth.
1: It's really bad for your teeth. It changes your bone structure. Yeah. Now in Australia, I found this interesting Um, 160,000 people are dependent on meth. Wow. In um, California alone, it's 11 million.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 11 million in the country.
0: Oh, in the, the whole country. country.
1: Okay. So just by reference, that's a, almost a third of the population of California because wow. we're sitting at close to 40 million, right? Wow, you're right. So it would be about a third of the population, almost. Wow. Consider it that way, that's the whole country. Wow. You know? Yeah, so the idea is to use this drug – Concurrent or along with counseling interventions and rehab in um, residential settings and stuff. So the idea is not to just give them the drug. It's mm-hmm. to also do all the other good stuff that our counselors perform every day. Yeah. You know, the good ingredients as well as the help. Right. You're right. The medication-assisted treatment. So good stuff there. Okay. So, um,
0: well, that's encouraging.
1: Yeah. They're hoping to roll it out nationwide next year. Okay. So I'm not sure what that looks like for our country or our, our state, but... This is good news. Well, it is very good news.
0: I'm glad that somebody's doing something about that. That's a
1: remarkably destructive thing.
0: Yes, it is. Oh, now we're at our last section. Humility check moment this week. This section reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously. A key to burnout prevention and humility. I know I have something. Do you have something? Go, go. Oh, okay. Here's all right, here's mine. So you know, I recently hosted the City College Awards ceremony, right?
1: Uh, yeah, it was a yeah, really yeah. good night. It was yeah. an excellent night.
0: Okay. So I decided I was going to be seated next to some serious arm candy. Okay. So I decided to bring my A-game. Full girl effort. Three inch heels, pantyhose, my favorite tiara. I, was, I had it going on, Gary. Yeah,
1: you, you did. I did. It's smashing. All right, all
0: right. And so I recently got the pictures back, and I noticed that in most of them, there. I am in my sparkly dress, my tiara, and front and center, in my extra-low cleavage, is my tacky, strapless bra. You can see the bridge of my nice, beige Marshalls bra, particularly pronounced in the picture with you.
1: (laughs) Are we editing this
0: part out? Honestly, I need to give it up, Gary, because no matter how hard I try to pull off Glambrose, somehow it just doesn't go well
1: take it from me <laughs> we all get to an age i'm at that age we just say you know
0: honestly i'm
1: wearing the tennis shoes with the slack
0: i'm good i'm going out that's it it's okay that's what i get for trying to have cleavage but... yeah. so anyway I just couldn't stop laughing, and I thought, of course, yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's okay. my attempt at glamour. That's
1: okay. Okay. Was, even though you know it was. <laughs> I mean, I saw that that event it was all over the social page too.
0: Oh, of course.
1: and you know. Yeah,
0: we wouldn't want to miss out. Yeah, we lost. No, we want that. We want that Marshall's bra, like right, yeah, right lot, in the front. Lot
1: well, a lot of people. Lots <laughs> of color photos. A lot of movers and shakers. <laughs> That night, some of you went to that event, you know what I'm talking about. It was, I'm
0: walking uh, around feeling really glamorous. It just makes me laugh at myself. Thank God, actually, that I had no idea. It's
1: okay. <laughs> just know it's on a website somewhere. I
0: know it is. It is all over Facebook.
1: <laughs> with the half-life of plutonium.
0: Uh, It'll outlive you. It will.
1: <laughs> so speaking of humility,
0: had
1: uh, okay. some... Really dear friends of mine from Italy show up uh, last week. No, I spent yeah. the week with them. And uh, I loaded them into the kind of minivan type of car I had for a bunch of bikes and equipment. And we're mm-hmm. going to go ride. I'm going to show these Italians how to ride. Mm-hmm. They already know. One's a pro. But anyway, and we're in a certain area I'm not going to talk about, but uh, we are going to get a, ca- a a coffee. We had everything loaded up, and we – Went off to get our little cafe and hang out, have a brioche, and just enjoy cafe life. Uh huh. And walked back and found the car door wide open. Oh. Dri- no. Driver car. Now, oh, there's my God. probably many, many, um, <laughs> a lot of expense in bikes <laughs> and things oh, my in the God, car. Gary. Cell phone sitting right there.
0: Shit. You just left the
1: door. Guess, guess whose door was left open? <laughs> Driver's side. Me. <laughs> what a doofus. We thought that everything was going to be gone. Of course, he was all there still. And God. Kind of lucked out.
0: Oh, my God, Gary. Yeah, yeah. That is so... Okay. All right. I have to add one more then because I have a good follow-up to that. So, Brilliant. yes, the other day... I can't believe what have told my students this. I decided it's time to get a car wash, right? And so I thought, I like well, I need a gas. So I get a car wash. So I put in the, you know, the, the hose in the car, and it says go in inside, and you got to pay for the car wash on the inside. So I'm all right. So I go wandering on in there. And I tell the little guy, you know, I want to get a car wash. And, he's in, and meanwhile, I think the thing is pumping, and I said, so... And he said, you know, your your the pump is in your car. I said, well, yeah, because of course I'm pumping gas while I'm doing this, right? He goes, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the discount. And I'm like, well, thank you. So he does. So I go back out. And I, I said, well, I always spend at least $25. So I went out and the pump said $25.95. And I'm like, all right, we're good. So I put it in. I got it and washed my car. Next morning, I get ready to go, go to work. And I'm halfway there and I'm like... Well, damn it, I have like almost no gas. So then I'm like what it took me fifteen minutes. <laughs> I figured who the hell had pumped out my gas. Somebody's obviously siphoned my gas. Been ripped I'm off. I'm like been fucking ripped off and it took me 10, 15 minutes to figure out. I never pumped any gas, Gary. Yeah. I just stuck Done that. the nozzle in. Done that. What a moron.
1: Or or oh it goes God. off if you go to a place and you go, I need to go to the restroom. you put oh it in my there God. and it goes off prematurely, you get back, you take it out. Exactly. And you're like, Exactly. You drive off, you got a quarter quarter tank. Well,
0: you know what I felt really bad about is that, you know, that little guy, I just lied straight to his face. <laughs>
1: it's your way. <wife.
0: laughs> felt me thinking you're entitled middle-aged white woman, you know, but I'm like, it's honestly, it's mostly I was laughing at my confusion. It just, I could not for the life of me. W- were you wearing the same outfit? I was tonight. not. I was not. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, so there we go, ladies and gentlemen, our ridiculous closure for today. But we want to thank you for joining us. um, And we look forward to our future tapings and hope you'll join us as well. Indeed. Uh, Take care. Take care. Bye. bye Bye-bye.